up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Whatever Laura Wants, a podcast hosted by me, Laura Minert. How is it going? Uh, welcome to another episode of the lovely podcast where I talk about everything and nothing, just as the title suggests. I am once again having a baking show on in the background, so we'll see if I can get less distracted by it. Um, speaking of baking shows, I need to start out with something that is a hot topic in my life at the moment. Your girl won a baking contest. Um, let's not get too carried away. It was just a dessert contest at my office. Was I the organizer of said contest? Yes. Did I vote for myself? No. Um, I tried the other desserts and I did not even vote because I thought it was unfair and, I really did like my dessert the best, so I'm sorry. Uh, Granted, there were not many other contestants in this particular baking contest. Would I have appreciated the two well-known bakers in the office actually participating? Yes, of course. But nonetheless, um, I won with the most votes, and I made a pumpkin cheesecake bar. This was a recipe that I literally found on the internet two days before the contest. I was not going to participate, but then again, as one of the organizers of said event, I thought, well, I should probably be a nice person and do something about it. So I got all the ingredients. It was a very stressful evening of my life because nothing is ever easy. I had gone to Target. I had gone to the grocery store. I knew I had eggs at home. Lo and behold, I got home and I was one egg short. So I had to go to the grocery store yet again after I got home. Just not exactly cooperating. Uh, I was a little concerned because the cream cheese was not as room temperature and soft as it I wanted it to be. Definitely had some chunks that I was very worried were not going to be able to pop themselves out of there. Excuse me, but we did it and... I was also concerned because I'm like, if this turns out badly, who is going to eat this entire pan of pumpkin cheesecake bars? I made the mistake of forgetting that Grant does not like pumpkin flavored things. And when I was making the layer of pumpkin, I was like, hey, come here. You should really try this. Taste test this for me. Let me know what you think. And he comes over and he's like, this is pumpkin. I'm like, yep, you're right. How observant of you. He's like you know, I don't like pumpkin. I was like, ah, shit. I had forgotten because I was just very excited because I love pumpkin. But it was like, what am I going to do with this giant pan of pumpkin cheesecake bars if they fail dramatically? Uh, And then I was happily surprised that everyone asked for the recipe. And, you know, thank you, Google. Um, I have won a nice little gift card that I was probably going to go towards my Halloween party that we're having in a couple weeks. So, very fitting that I'm watching a Halloween baking show in the background as I'm recording this podcast. Let's cut to Halloween real quick. Yes, we are having a Halloween party again. This is the second year that we have had a party at our house. Last year's party was called Grant Hates Halloween. As I've discussed numerous times, Homeboy does not love a costume or a theme. He hates fun deep down. But we are running it back and having Halloween, Grant Hates Halloween, the sequel. I love to enforce a theme. Last year's theme was TV couples, TV or movie couples. This year we are doing basic bitch Halloween. Now, what does this mean? This means that if 
it is comes in a bag if a sorority girl a fraternity guy would try to like put no effort and or make it slutty into it we're talking like a ghost a clown a witch a sexy cat a doctor a cop anything that you really don't need to be too creative for is what the goal is so i believe i have finally narrowed it down to i'm going to be should i ruin it i feel like it's cute uh i'm gonna be a devil and i'm going to make grant and puppy alfred be angels because i just think it's so cute and as i told grant when i suggested this idea he's like well yeah we are angels so obviously we should be I had a pair of angel wings that I had glitterified maybe eight years ago for a Christmas pub crawl that I never attended. And I still have the wings. We tried them on the dog to make sure that I didn't have to waste money on buying them. They did fit. He did not really know what to think, but he did behave very well. So one less thing I have to buy for Halloween, thanks to my uh, dessert contest winnings. So... Stay tuned for all the updates on our party in a couple weeks. Let's switch gears a little bit. I cannot go a single week without talking about Leah Michelle, so it is time once again for our Broadway update. So, as we know, Leah Michelle is on Broadway in Funny Girl, and she had an interaction with one of her former co-stars of Glee, Chris Colfer, and he did not respond very well to being asked if he was going to attend. Their conversation back and forth goes as follow. By the way, Chrissy, guess what I'm doing tonight? You should come. Leah Michelle said this. Chris replied, oh no, are you seeing Funny Girl? Oh, Chris deadpan when Michelle confirmed that she was. My day just suddenly just got so full. And he said, well, I saw six last night and that was amazing. Obviously trying to change the subject. And then when he was asked again if he was planning to see it while he was in the city, Chris affirmed, no, I can be triggered at home, which is honestly um, big yikes. Also, he is not the only person from Glee who was asked about if they were going to see Funny Girl. And they asked Kevin McHale about it, and he said he hadn't thought about stopping by to watch Leah. And then, of course, it's triggering all these other things again where people are saying, how can Jonathan Groff be besties with her when all these other people outwardly don't like her? We've discussed Leah Michelle and if people like her plenty of times. But just the rumors and drama never stop, so I do appreciate any and all Leah Michelle update content. In other Broadway Ray, wow, Broadway related news, um, Angela Lansbury has passed away. This is one of those that I was actually a couple days late on. Nothing hugely dramatic. She was 96 years old. Her family released a statement that she passed away five days shy of her 97th birthday. She passed away peacefully in her sleep. She had five Tony Awards. She obviously was in Murder, She Wrote, and so many people are paying tribute to her her afterwards, even NASA. 
posted a little thing about it. But just R.I.P. Angela Lansbury. Also, one of the nights a few days after she passed away, Rotary dimmed its lights to tribute Angela Lansbury. Yes, so they dimmed the lights one for one whole minute at 7.45 p.m. to honor her. Just, she did so many things, obviously with her five Tonys. I did not realize she was as old. I mean, I knew she was not young by any means, but did not realize she was almost 100 years old. So, rest in peace, Angela Lansbury. Amazing run. Did all the things. We will forever remember you. Switching gears 1,000% completely. In other celebrity-adjacent gossip, we need to talk about Julia Fox. Um, I'm trying to think if we have talked about Julia Fox before in this podcast. I think we have. But uh, she has posted a TikTok video about how she does not need men in her life. And she doesn't want to have men be attracted to her. And then, so basically... She continues, she wants to point out that now I don't need men to like me. That is a luxury that I earned by making men like me and find me desirable or interesting or attractive for so many years. I used to be so jealous of my friends that did not need to get, use their sexuality to get what they wanted. They just had rich parents, were set up, probably had an education. No hate to the girlies that have lots of male followers. I used to be like that. But now I'm at a place where I'm just like, fuck it. Also, I have a kid already. I already did what I was supposed to do by society standards. My vagine is retired. The doors are closed, shut, sealed after what she went through. She's like, if you're a woman and all the men around you like you and get along with you, there's something wrong with you. So basically, Julia Fox is like, I don't give a fuck. Um, did I know that Julia Fox had a child in some capacity? Not sure. I also, when I read this story, asked Grant if he thought Julia Fox was hot or attractive. He did not know who she was, so I had to show some photos of that went along with the article, see what he thought, and he was kind of like, ew, no, not my vibe. Julia Fox is not for everyone. She is also pulling the bleached eyebrow trend, which I know we've talked about before, and I just do not understand it. Kim Kardashian has done it naturally. Julia Fox does it. Julia Fox's style, wild to me. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I hate it. A lot of I almost said nakedity, which is not a word. A lot of nudity. Lots of weird cutouts in places that I definitely can't pull off, but I'm proud of her for doing so. In the TikTok, again, I mainly just can't escape from her bleached eyebrows. They really make me uncomfortable. So, I don't know. The lesson here is that if you're hot enough, you don't need men around anymore, but only because you would have had to work for it. I think she said that her following on TikTok and or in TikTok is finally balanced out and it's a better, safer space for her. But on Instagram, she still has like 85% male followers. But then on TikTok, it's flip-flopped and it's 75% or something female. And basically, she's saying, fuck, man, I'm making content for women now because I am hot enough to do so, which is very mixed messaging. But I guess I'm proud of her for using her body and then not using her body to do whatever she wants. Julia Fox is just an interesting character and I just don't know how I feel about her. Like I said, 
intrigued by the fashion, but don't know what to make of it. Uh, speaking of wild fashion, I got sent a TikTok the other day of this girl, and I had never heard of her before, again, because I'm not on TikTok because I'm too cool for it. And she is described as maximalist fashion. Obviously, I understand what maximalist is, but I did not expect the degree to which this lady maximizes everything. She pulled out these amazing pop pink glitter boots, and she was just meeting a drink for friends, so she said she wanted to keep it casual. She pulls out this vintage-looking royal blue with lace dress, and I thought, okay, fine. Weird, but I'll take it. Then she layered that with some shorts that had a giant brooch on the front. They were multicolored. Then she put on a giant pink bow on her head, and then she had a giant pink and green. They almost look like Neopet Tamagotchi giant plastic things that were attached to necklaces. She also had rings to match. Also, her nail polish was like lime green, bright green daggers. And then on top of all of this, she added in lettuce earrings and if you're wondering what lettuce earrings are they are exactly what they sound they are giant leaves of lettuce with chains kind of dripping down the middle and this was her entire look oh she had a bag it was either pink or green also and i was on board with this look for about three seconds love an over-the-top look i was appreciating the old-fashioned dress i could even be on board with the shorts but then when we started adding the bow, the giant Tamagotchi rings and jewelry, the lettuce leaf earrings pushed me over the edge. At the end of it, someone was like, you're just going to casual drinks. Like, this is not casual at all. And she's like, for me, it is. I appreciate this kind of fashion. I definitely could not pull it off. It's too much for the Des Moines market. I'll just say it right now. But... It's just crazy to me. And also, how do you have the time to have all of these different pieces? And they are the same color palettes, but they're just not, you know, anything stylistically that really goes together. I feel like I need to look up more maximalist type of fashion just to see what it's all about. I feel like lately the cool girl aesthetic has been really popular. Very minimalist. Very singular color palette so i don't know i'm just very intrigued and if you guys see any other maximalist fashion that i need to be a part of please let me know because it's kind of like a train wreck i cannot look away from it okay other things that i cannot look away from but only in the best way uh, my girl Lizzo. I had tickets to Lizzo over the weekend, last weekend, and if she was playing in Kansas City. I took Adrian, my best friend, came down, and then two of our other really good friends, Annie and Shannon. We took a half day, booked it down to Kansas City. We had floor seats for Lizzo. We Before we had seen Lizzo in 2019, and we saw her at a very small Chicago theater. So this was Lizzo on like a real authentic big giant stadium, not stadium, 
arena tour. A little bit worried that she wasn't going to be able to handle it. And by that, I mean, I knew she could handle it, obviously. But I didn't want it to be so completely different from the small, intimate venue when we saw her a few years ago. Because she was so, so great. And we had such a great time. But never fear. She definitely put on an amazing, amazing show. We had a great time. We stood the whole time. Adrian cried. So much dancing. Uh, also, not to tattletale on Adrian for this podcast of mine with so many listeners. Uh, I'm sorry, Adrian, but the people have to know this because it's the most ridiculous thing. So we drive into Kansas City. Adrian and I decide we're going to stop at a gas station, get some drinks to pregame with. And then we decide that we are good friends who want to do a nice thing for our friends by getting them shooters that they definitely don't want to do. So we got two shooters of 99 bananas and two of the 99 watermelon. And we bring them with us to take to the hotel. We meet up with our friends. We get all checked into our room. We're like, hey, we have a surprise for you guys and you're definitely not going to like it. They are afraid. We pull them out. We show them the shooters. <laughs> They're like, oh shit, here we go. Um, and I would say the timeline is for this is that it's about mm, four in the afternoon, four fifteen at best. We're like, let's get this party started. We got a couple hours to the concert. We got to get ready. We got to go to dinner. Let's get rolling. We do our little cheers. I force them into a boomerang because I'm a horrible basic bitch of a person. And we do the shooters and I have turned towards the window and I'm going to go throw my little bottle away. And I hear Adrian choke. I don't think anything of it, but then Annie and Shannon are freaking out and kind of screaming, not pleased with what's happening. I turn around and poor Adrian has choked on her shot to the point where she has vomited up said shot um puked on the bed a little bit on the floor had it on her person as well and was trying to keep things together um it was gross we were like holy shit are you okay uh annie and shannon did not deal with puke well and they were like turning away opening the window they're like laura you have to deal with this and i was like me i'm like i don't know why i'm also the mom in this situation adrian goes to go take a shower and clean herself up I'm dealing with the sheets and the blankets, whatever. It, it was not the worst puking situation. It was very minimal, honestly. But, you know, puke is puke and smells. So I call down to the front desk because, again, I was forced to. And I'm like, hi, um, I just want to let you guys know that we had a spill on our bedding. And we could use a new top sheet and a new comforter. If you guys can bring it up to our room, that would be great. Thank you. And they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it. Perfect. Great. I hang up the phone. Shannon and Annie are dying laughing. They're like, we had a spill. I said, well, I didn't want to say, hi, we've been in this room maybe 15, 20 minutes and someone roused all over the bed. Did not think that was the best move. Also not trying to, not that you can get kicked out for puking all over a hotel room bed. Did not want to find out. Didn't want to try. I pulled all the bedding together, stashed it in the hallway, and while we were at the concert, it was fine, and they switched it all around, no harm, no foul, hoping Shannon did not get an extra, you know, cleaning charge to her account when they checked out, but we had a strong start to the evening, 
<laughs> she really was fine and it was not that big of a deal. But it just did not bode well for everything. We did miss Lotto, the opener, Big Nick Dick energy. And I will say, this was one of those things that was not our fault. A lot of times, we can be not so great at time management. The concert started at 8. We had left the restaurant that was right across from Power and Light at 8.01. It was directly across the street. The problem there was that the line to get in wrapped almost to the end of the block, like halfway around the building. So we were standing in line for probably a half hour, 40 minutes before we got all the way in, got to our seats. Lotto clearly did a festival set, though. I overheard someone say in front of us that at 8.20 she was on stage finally. And that means that her set was about 20, 25 minutes. So... It was not anything huge that we missed, but I still would have liked to have seen it. Like I said, only know the couple of Lizzo or Lotto songs, but it still would have been a good time. We got in, we got our seats, we got our drinks, and then it was a party with Lizzo for like two plus hours, and we had a great freaking time. We did not go out after the concert. We had to go back to the hotel room. And then immediately go to sleep because we're all dumbasses. And the next day, Adrian and I were getting up at 6 a.m. so that we could head back to Des Moines to go to my coworker Courtney's wedding, which was a brunch wedding at 11 a.m. And then Shannon and Annie were equally as dumb, but maybe to a different degree. They were going to drive back to Des Moines all the way straight through and go up to Minneapolis to go to another concert that very next night. So everyone did not have a lovely sleep when we were getting up and ready to go. Shannon and Annie were also awake at this point already (laughs) because, I don't know, they couldn't sleep and we're all terrible people. So it was not a rager of an evening. Adrian and I hustled back. We did make it to Courtney's wedding. Thank you for asking. We sat down with about two minutes to spare before the wedding actually started. So it did work out, even though it was pushing it and not the most fun morning of my life. But Courtney's wedding was beautiful. Like I said, she did a brunch wedding, which some, like supposedly several people were like a brunch wedding. I don't know what this means. And I'm like, I don't understand what you don't know it means. It means you have a wedding, but it is brunch food and brunch time which is exactly what we did. Mimosas, Bloody Marys, brunch buffet, you know, French toast, biscuits and gravy, scrambled eggs, all that good stuff. The honestly biggest bowl of fruit that I have ever seen in my entire life. This bowl of fruit was just so huge. I don't even understand how much fruit was actually in it. But we went to the wedding. We had a lovely time. And then she had a party bus afterwards. We got on the party bus. We went to two stops and then the time was kind of getting away from us. But it was fun to just hang out and I had not been on a party bus in a very long time. She got some of her sneak peeks back from her wedding already. And it was just a nice fun little day. And then honestly, I was exhausted and I was in bed by 9 p.m. Slept for about 12 hours and had a delightful, relaxing, chill Sunday.
Okay, enough about me on certain things. Have you all heard of the Fat Bear Week that the, who is it, like the National Geographic or National Park Service does? There is a week every year where they put fat bears up against each other in a battle bracket format. And there was a scandal this year. The Katmai National Park posted Fat Bear Week scandal. Like bears stuff their face with fish, our ballot box too has been stuffed. It appears someone has decided to spam the Fat Bear Week poll, but fortunately it is easy for us to tell which votes are fraudulent. We have discarded the fake votes and today's official totals are below. I did not know how many people could actually participate and vote in Fat Bear Week. They have one bear. His votes are at 37,940, and the other fat bear is at 30,430. And I feel like that is just much bigger of an amount than I expected from Fat Bear Week. Like I said, I knew it was cool. I knew it was a thing that people were into. And I'm saying all this now, and I had the winner of Fat Bear Week all pulled up, but I, of course, have lost it. So they did crown a winner after all of this Fat Bear Week scandal. And I feel like next year I want to pay more attention and try to actually participate so much more in Fat Bear Week. And hopefully there will not be as many scandals in the coming years. Other scandals that people are very upset about. Um, Dunkin' Donuts. So Dunkin' Donuts has a reward system. And apparently they have decided to change their format. And Reddit is popping off. There's all this drama everywhere and people are pissed and they're trying to boycott it, but not really. So there's even an article written about it. So basically the point system is worse. So you are drinking the same amount of coffee, but your points you're getting are less. For example, in the new program, the same coffee that you used to get for X many points now requires 500, 900 points to redeem for a coffee. So that a f- means a free Duncan signature latte that once would have been earned with $40 of spending now requires $90. Um, this is a wildly large amount and people are saying, this pissed me off. What idiot do you think I am? I did the math even while boosted. I'm earning, earning 30% less points compared to the old system. I'm making less points and unlocking less rewards thanks to this new stingy system. Other comments. I officially uninstalled the app after six years of consistent use. I knew I needed to cut down how much I was spending on coffee considering I have a great coffee machine at home, but the new reward system was the final nail in the coffin. My go-to is always an iced latte, the signature ones when I was feeling extra, and spending $90 to get a free one is absolute note for me. And no more birthday drinks? Good thing I live five minutes from a Starbucks. R.I.P. Duncan's. it was nice while you were actually rewarding, even though you only got my drinks right a third of the time, and they put a little gravestone with it. It just seems that it is a bad change, and I'm trying to find if Duncan has said that anything. They said the change was made because our members deserve more. Duncan rewards are designed to help keep you running all day along with the best that Duncan has to offer. I feel like they all, yeah, they got away with a free birthday drink. 
And what most people are mad about is the language that it's saying you're benefiting more from it when reality or not at all. People are just pissed. I will say that I, for one, am terrible about using like rewards points and apps and things. I don't have the Duncan app. I just recently got the Caribou app. Sometimes I'm lazy and I forget to even give them my phone number. I've had the Casey's app for a long time, which if you're one of like two people who listen to this, not from Iowa, it's our gas station that has amazing pizza. And I forget often to, to use that rewards as well. Am I rich? Obviously not. Am I forgetful? Yes. And sometimes I feel like I'm in a hurry and I don't want to waste time dealing with the rewards. But um, I do have the Starbucks app. I do get good points based off of that one. But there's also a Starbucks a half block from my house. There is not a Dunkin' super close to my house, even though I am obsessed with Dunkin'. And I'm an equal opportunity coffee person. So they also released in all this madness... I saw a sneak peek of all the holiday 2022 stuff that is happening for Duncan. And they have a cookie butter cold brew, which looks beautiful. They have their peppermint mocha signature latte and then a toasted white chocolate signature latte. And honestly, I'm a sucker and these all look beautiful. Duncan changing their habits of their reward program is not going to affect me in the slightest. But I do think it is ridiculous that now you have to spend $90 before you can get a free goddamn drink. Thank you. Other things that are related to absolutely nothing at all. I was watching Below Deck, as one does, and the guest that they had on there was talking about how every fig has a dead wasp inside. And I was like, is this actually a thing? There's no way this is true. So naturally I went to Google. Basically the guy was saying that wasps go in and pollinate inside of them. And then there's a dead wasp. And anytime you're eating a fig, you're eating a dead wasp. So let's discuss per Google. We don't need to know that figs are fruits. Um, here's a lot to unpack. Blah, 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 blah. Wasps do pollinate. They Female wasps will crawl inside both male and female figs to try to reproduce. They burrow inside the fig through a narrow opening called an osteole. Osteole? Um, da -da 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 -da. If a wasp burrows into a female fig, however, she can't lay her eggs and will die of starvation. However, she does bring pollen into it. Okay, great. Technically, here's what we're here for. Technically, there is at least one dead wasp per fig. However, you are in no way eating a live wasp. The wasp exoskeleton is always broken down before we bite into figs. The figs produce a special enzyme called fixin, fissin, which breaks down the insect's body and turns it into a protein that gets absorbed by the plant. The crudges you experience when chewing a fig are the fig seeds and not the wasp. Still, did you know that every time you eat a fig, which how often are you eating a fucking fig, that you are eating a dead wasp? I had never heard this. I did not believe this to be true. Obviously looked it up and here we are. The more you know. Okay, it is time for our unsolicited recommendation of the week. I have watched two Halloween type related movies. Neither of them are mind-blowingly good, but we're going to talk about them anyway. The first is called Terrifier and... The only reason I had heard of this is because I saw on Twitter that Terrifier 2 is coming out or just came out and people were 
vomiting, puking, passing out while watching this movie in theaters. So I had to look it up. I had to see what all the fuss was about. The original Terrifier is about a murderous clown who goes after three women. And that clown actually came from a movie called All Hallows Eve, which I have not seen. But I rented Terrifier over the weekend. I spent three whole dollars on this movie to watch this clown go around and kill people. It was gory. It's supposed to be an 80s spoof, basically. So it's filmed very gritty, very not new, if that makes sense. I would not at all say it was good, but if you're into kind of, not even that it was so funny, but like it's clearly trying to make fun of itself. There are some very gross deaths in it. And I'm wondering how much better or worse the quality is going to be on Terrifier 2. So all of that to say, I don't know if this is a recommendation. This is just a, if you like horror, if you like 80s gore, and you want to also waste $3 before you try to find out where you can watch the new one besides paying a gazillion dollars, dollars, dollars to go see it in theater, now you know. The other movie that I watched this weekend is Halloween Ends. Good old Michael Myers finally coming to his official demise. Jamie Lee Curtis just making that money forever and ever and ever. I do not think I had seen the one before this, actually, but I just was intrigued in this one because, again, it says it was the end. A lot of criti- critic critique going around that this one was not very good because Michael Myers has limited action in this movie, which is not untrue. However, I watched a whole TikTok about how this is actually the whole point of the Halloween trilogy in general. And if you're in it for Michael Myers only, you are missing the whole point of the Halloween franchise. I'll have to find it because it goes very in-depth and it explains it a lot better than I could. So we have a new killer in Halloween along with Michael Myers. We have this guy, I don't remember his name, but he gets hotter the more murderous he is. And I am sorry that I feel that way. It was enjoyable. Like I did enjoy watching it. Was it as good as some of the old Halloweens? Probably not. But I kind of did like that it had a supposedly lit, legit, valid ending. So that one is on Peacock right now. I think it's also in theaters. Definitely go the Peacock route if you have a choice. But if you need a new spooky-ish movie... I don't think I legit jumped during that one. But if you want to see Jamie Lee Curtis still being a badass after all these years, and again, you just want a good solid conclusion, check out Halloween Ends. And that is going to do it this week. Thank you once again for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell five friends. Let me know if you think about your Halloween costume situation. Let me know if I can what I can do to shove Grant in an angel costume, where I should buy that at. Let me know if you want to try my um, number one winning dessert day recipe that I found via Google and the internet. Have a great week. I will see you guys next Tuesday. Tuesday.